All right. We're going to go into the Word, but we're going to do something different today. I'm not, I'm not going to go, I have my nose from the Spanish service, but I'm, I'm, Lord's directing me to go another way. Is that okay with you? Okay, we're going to go another way. But we're going to uh, go to uh, our verse that is found in 1 Peter 2, 9, and we're going to read it. All right. And let us all read it together. But you are a chosen generation. Everyone together. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may... All right, now, now, we, we slowed down awfully bad. Now, let's go back again. One, two, three. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Go to verse number 10. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This was you and I. We were not, but now we are. We were not, but now we are. We were privileged. We're privileged. Now, the question is this, why is this so? Why is this so? So this is what I, I want to get to right now. We have to understand purpose. Everyone say purpose. We have to understand purpose. Because if we don't understand purpose, we have no direction. So we need purpose in our life. Amen. The reason you wake up every morning is because you should have purpose. Amen. You go to work because there is purpose. Amen. You live your life because there is purpose. You go to school because there is purpose. Amen. You're, you're foreseeing. You're looking ahead. Amen. And right now it's a sacrifice. Right now it's a sacrifice. Right now it's a torment because you don't want to get up at that time. But you have to get up at that time if you want to pursue your purpose. But once it's all done and over and you have accomplished and you have reached your goal, uh, the suffering that's behind, the pain that's behind, you look back and you say, whoa, it was worth it all. So that pain and that suffering turns into joy, especially those that are going to school. Who's going to school here? Everyone's going to school here. All right. You, you look, you're right now, hey, man, I like to tease people. When they're on vacation, I like to tease them and say, Man, don't you wish you were in school? No, we don't wish you were. In, we don't wish we were in school. Hey Amen. They don't want to be in school. Well, the thing is, but the thing is, they're doing it for a reason. Amen. So the thing is this: that we have to see the vision. Everyone say vision. To me, the vision is very important because to me, vision is seeing the complete picture. CV. Being able to see the complete picture. A lot of people don't have vision. They, they have goals and stuff like that, but they don't have a vision. And unless you have a vision, the people perish. That's what the Bible says. Unless the people have a vision, the people perish. So you need a vision. The vision is to fulfill your purpose. When you have vision, then you see the complete picture ahead of you. That's what you're aiming for. You're not living aimless. You're living with a purpose in your life. You're living with a vision. You're seeing that. You're seeing that goal. Amen. Sister Nicole's got this, this is your last year, homie. Man. Four years ago, what you said? Man, it's going to be hard. You're going to be Thank God. This is it. This is it. So you can't give up. Perseverance. Perseverance is keep on keeping on. You can't give up. That's perseverance. Perseverance is keep on keeping on you gotta keep on keep on keep on and and we have to live this way we have to understand this in this christian walk we keep on keeping on in order to obtain the goal that god has before us now we just read our verse and it's very important for us to see this because he says that you are changed people 
you were not a nation, but now you are a nation. You were not a people, but not, now you are a people. Thank God for identity. I said, thank God for identity. There's a lot of people that don't have identity. Hey, they, they just live without a cause. But thank God when you have identity, you know who you are and what you are here for. Someone shout hallelujah. All right. So now we have to understand this. We have to understand this. But someone has to obtain this because you have a calling in your life. Say, I have a calling. Say it. Say, I have a calling. You believe that? I have a calling. I have a calling in my life. And my calling to my life is for someone else to be blessed through the calling that's in my life. And that's what Paul said when Paul was writing to the Romans. There in Romans, uh, the book to the Romans, in, uh, or the letter to the Romans, better yet. Uh, chapter 10, he says, and how shall the, they preach unless they are what? They are sent. If, if a preacher is not sent, they will not be able to hear. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. Of the gospel, not just any gospel, but the gospel of peace. Because gospel means good news. But we want the good news of peace. Someone say Hallelujah. The good news of peace and bring glad tithing of good things. So now we have to understand this, that there's a purpose for us. We're called. You are here because of a reason. And this is where I'm going to switch tracks because I'm not going to go as I did in our Spanish service because there are people here in our Spanish service that were in, the Sp in our Spanish service, but I'm not going to go that route. Because we have to understand that there's a purpose in our lives. Let us go to our verse, uh, our first verse that we had up there in, in, in 1 Peter. And it tells us, 1 Peter 2, 9. It, it tells us the following. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. Is, is not anyone else's, but his special people, a holy nation, his special people, that you may proclaim, amen, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, 10 years ago, where did you see yourself? 15 years ago. Where did you see yourself? And I'm not going to go beyond that because you're, you, I'm, speak, I'm speaking to a young crowd here. All right? But 15 years ago, where did you see yourself? Where did you see yourself? Now, now think about this. Did you see yourself as a chosen generation? Did you see yourself as a royal priesthood? A holy nation? Did you see yourself as... His own special people. Where did you see yourself? There is nothing greater. Let me tell you something. We're so, we're so accustomed to hearing preachings. I, I love to hear preachings. Second always tells me, you're always hearing preachings. Amen. But you know what? There's nothing better than to preach to ourselves. There's nothing better than to preach. Do you preach to yourself? Yeah, your brother told me about that. Amen. Amen. Praise There's nothing better than that. I grew up preaching to myself. I used to call it practice preaching. Amen. But I was preaching to myself. Fifteen years ago, where did you see yourself? Where did you see yourself? Well, Oscar, where did you see yourself 15 years ago? Dead or in prison? Listen to this. Dead or in prison. That's going to be so important for us to understand that his view on us is totally different than our view of ourselves. We, we have to see this. He called us before the foundation of the earth. He named us before the foundation of the earth. And he saw us. Where did you see yourself, Sister Terry, 15 years ago? You had no idea. But you never saw yourself like you're seeing yourself now. Am I right? I don't want to say put something in the mark. Huh? 
So, how long you been saved, Brother Ayola? How long you been saved? 2004? In 2000, where did you see yourself? Dead or in prison? Man, if you were to see yourself ahead of time, things would be different. But thank God that he's got his time for everyone. He has his time for you and I. Amen. Brother George, where did you see yourself 10 years ago? Lost. Not believing in God. You heard Brother George's testimony. Didn't believe in God. But God saw you before you were born. He saw you as a chosen generation. He saw, he saw you as a royal priesthood. He saw you as a holy nation. He saw you as his own special people. The question is, for what? Because now we are ambassadors of Christ. Now we have been chosen to be someone. Because listen what it says. He called us, he called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He called us into his marvelous light. Amen. Now in verse number 10 tells us, verse number 10 tells us who was, listen to this. Who once were not a people, but now are a people. Now, let me tell you something. People want to know, want to know why you're different. People want to know why you're different. And that is the door that's being opened to us in this time. That we are a peculiar people. We are a different people. So, I come to you today to let you know, we've got to proclaim the good news of salvation. Why did he call us that we may give notice to this world? That we may uh, give a testimony to this world. We're not what we were, but I want you to see who we are now. What we were is not important. What we are is important. But let me tell you how I got here. It wasn't because of me, but it was because of his grace. It was because of his saving grace. Someone shout hallelujah. We have to understand these things. And Peter is telling us because we need preachers. Everyone say preachers. So now, I was raised in church. And we looked at preachers as someone who stood behind the pulpit. And the preacher was one that spoke on Sunday or on Thursday. Now it's Thursday, but back then it was Wednesday and Friday. And the preacher would preach and say, oh, he's a preacher, he's a preacher, he's a preacher. But now in today's world, anyone that proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ automatically becomes a preacher. We have to understand this. I said, we have to understand this. And this is what Paul is telling us. But you are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is a reason why you're here today. Say, I am. Say it like you mean it. I am. Oh, man, it sounds a lot better. Say it again. I am. A preacher. Now, don't go get business cards tomorrow. Now say, I am a preacher. Now say, I have a message. This is the important part of all of this. And the reason that I'm going through this is because this coming Thursday, we're going to start the lessons on spiritual paternity. How to become a spiritual parent. How to become a man that's going to guide someone else. There is someone in this world that is needing you. And you don't even know how you're going to preach. How are you going to preach? Come here, Brother George. This ain't no practice. So, 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 so. Come here, Brother George. This ain't no practice. How long ago did you get here, Brother George? Can, can I have a mic for Brother George here? Two years ago, he came here. When you came here, you, came to, you were coming to church. 
you were coming for church. You were coming to come in and praise God. Yeah, the first time I came, I didn't that, want to come. Okay, okay. Let's get that mic. Yeah. The first time you came here, you what? I didn't want to come in. He didn't want to come in. All right. You came to what? Uh, to support my wife. To, to support her. Now, not for his own support, but to support his wife. Good husband here. All right. To support his wife. All right. And, and what caught your attention? The music. Uh-huh. The praising. The praising. Not the preacher. Not the preaching. But the music. The praise. So that means that while the praise team was singing, they were preaching. See, but you, you think that the preacher is the only one that stands back here and shouts his, his lungs out. And man, he preached his heart out. No, no. But he heard music and singing. And what did that do? Like, let me try it out. Let me see here. Let me, let me see what it's all about. That opened up my heart. This is where we're going. I want everyone to understand. When Noe was playing, Amen, Brother Emilio was playing, and the musicians were playing, you thought you just, just playing music. Follow me, praise team. Brother, follow me. We're just playing music. Now, the priests were singing, and they were jumping. Hey, but in essence, you were preaching. There's someone that came in with a need. Someone came in with a need. And somehow the Lord convicted him to come in because of what he heard. And from there... The rest is history. He's been here ever since. Now he's a different man because of Jesus doing in his life. You see what I'm saying? But let me tell you something. Before second and the praise team started to sing. Before the music got there, before time as we know it, God had already chosen him to be a chosen generation. He had already chosen him to be a peculiar people. He had chosen him to be a priesthood. So now my brother is being a priest of his house. Amen. We're not perfect, but we're reaching perfection because we're following the perfect one who is Jesus Christ. Thank you, my brother George. This is the power of preaching. Power of preaching. We don't understand it. Who's preaching? It's not only one person. It's the power of God. Someone shout hallelujah. So now, we have to do this because we have a job to fulfill. Everyone here. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm just a visitor. But God is not seeing you as a visitor. God has already seen you as his household. God has seen you as someone special already. He's seen you as part of his, as, as the verse said, as his own special people. He's looking at you that way. As his own, as his own. Uh, I would like to think that my wife belongs to me, but she belongs to God. Amen. Amen. I feed her, take care of her, but she belongs to God. But, but the, the reality is, this is how God sees things. This is how God sees things. And we have to understand this. Because when we get to this understanding, then we get clarity within us that there's a purpose in our life. I said there's a purpose in our life. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 5. 2 Timothy 4, 5. But you be What? But you be what? But you be what? Be careful. Be careful. Be watching. Ah, someone shout hallelujah. Say shout hallelujah. Be watchful in all things. And then he says endure. Everyone say endure. Endure is you cannot give up. You have to go all the way. 
You have to endure afflictions because we are going to be afflicted. We don't know which way from where it's coming, but affliction is coming. Say, it's coming. But thank God that he told me to be watchful in all things. Do the work of an evangelist. Everyone say evangelist. So what does this mean? An evangelist is someone that's giving the gospel. Amen. Someone that's giving the gospel of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Say, I have a ministry. Say it, I have a ministry. Say it, I have a ministry. Amen, I have a ministry. Praise the Lord, I have a ministry. So now, we hear testimonies. And when we hear testimonies, we have to understand what God, is, what God has done and why he's done it. Brother Gila, I want you to come up here, Brother Gila. Come on up here. No, you're not going to preach, but. Semi preach. Where were you when God called you? Uh, in the county. Not hospital. In the county. In the county, yeah. the county hospital. No, the county. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I just want to praise. All right. <laughs> you were going. You were going to do something. Fighting a murder case. That meant life. That meant life. And they were trying to pin it on you. Huh? So now let me tell you something. That's how the district attorney saw it. Huh? That's how all the ones that were against you saw it. But yet, in all of that, God saw you different. And since we was praying, praying, amen, <laughs> she almost got up and raised her hands right now. Listen, she was praying, but this is the thing. But before Sister Isela came in the scene, God had already seen him. And when he saw him, he saw him as a chosen generation. See, and yet my brother has not fulfilled it all because he's still alive. But God has chosen him for a peculiar task in life. And it's not over till we're over. So God is working in our lives because what he saw, he's going to bring it to fruition. He's going to fulfill it. He's going to bring it about. People saw him in the county. And people saw him. And man, you didn't want to be there. He, he, he didn't want to be there. You know what? God knew everything. And I'm here to tell you. Now he's serving God. His wife and him have kids that are in church. They're serving God. You know. Because of what God has seen in our lives. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Let me tell you something. We have to understand these things. This is what God wants us to understand. Because there's a ministry within our life. There's a ministry in our lives that's got to be fulfilled. And we have to understand this. That we've go, we're going to fulfill it. Someone say hallelujah. So he says, but you, but you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. So it means during this walk, we're going to be afflicted. We're going to be afflicted in different ways. We're going to be afflicted, amen. We're going to be afflicted in our own household. We're going to be afflicted uh, within our own family. We're going to be afflicted uh, at work. We're going to be afflicted uh, as we go on living. We're going to be afflicted in every way. But he says, hey, you just be watchful and keep on Keep on keeping on. Someone say, hey, man. Hey, man, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In other words, don't ever stop doing the will of God. So we have to understand these things. We have to understand these things. Because we were called. We were called. So now, we have to understand that this is a team. Everyone say team. There's a team effort here. Amen. 
How do we work this out? So now the church has a vision. And the vision has got to be fulfilled. And through this vision, we work and we reach out. So what, what, what do we call this vision? We call this vision the strategy of Jesus. And this strategy is to go out and preach. Everyone say preach. Sister Elizabeth, stand up. Sister Elizabeth is real obedient. Sister, Sister Elizabeth is a preacher. She's a preacher. Don't go get credentials tomorrow. She's a preacher. Every Wednesday, every Tuesday, she preaches the word. Huh? Five years ago, where did you see yourself? Not here. Not what you're doing. Lost. Seven years ago. Okay, seven years ago, she was lost. Confused. The devil tried to trick her. Alive but dead. She's preaching already. Alive but dead inside. Huh? Roaming on the streets. But Jesus had a different view of all this. And people would see her and say, man, pobrecita. And, and God would say, I'm not done with her yet. I'm not done with her yet. I'm not done. And, we, and someone could have given up. And someone says, it's over. And God said, no, uh, you can't give up because I'm not done with her yet. She is a preacher. You haven't seen it yet. But you will see it. You will see it. You will see it. You will see it. Why? Because he sees us as a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. This is what he's seen in us. And we have to believe it. I say, we have to believe it. Say, I have to believe it. So you cannot trust yourself. You have to trust God for what he has already seen in you. And you have to believe it. You have to endure. Everyone say endure. You have to keep, keep on keeping on. It's hard. It's tough. But you can't give up. You cannot give up. Hey, God has great things for each and every one of us. Someone shout hallelujah. Thank you. Come here, Brother Oscar. Come here, Brother Oscar. I'm not going to call everybody, so don't think we're going to be here all evening. You're going to preach. This is the thing. This is the thing. How long ago did we, we talked at that uh, Starbucks, Apostolic Starbucks? Um, four years ago. Four years ago. And when I heard everything he'd been through, when I heard everything he's gone through, you were in drugs, you were in gangs, gangs homeless, homeless childless, childless, less, lost, lost. Confused. confused. He was telling me all this. I finished one cup, I finished one coffee, a, a venti, and I went for another one. And he still was not done. Let me tell you something. Did you ever see you ministering to juniors? Never. Never. Did, did, did you even think that people were going to trust you with their kids? Like they're trusting you now with their kids to Never. teach them, to instruct them? I want you to get the picture, church. I want you to get the picture. <laughs> that God sees us totally different than when any, what anybody or how anybody else sees us. He sees us totally different. And let me tell you something. I love this book. I live by this book. 
And I love the stories in here of David. I love the stories of Daniel. I love the stories. But man, they are thousands of years apart from my lifestyle. But then now when I hear this, and I hear that, and I hear that, this, this is in my time zone. I said, this is in my time zone. Hey, hey, God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he did it for Daniel, he'll do it for Brother Oscar. If he did it for those people, he'll do it in our times. You say, wow, how is it that Brother was in prison looking at a long sentence or life sentence, huh? And now he's out. Brother Victor just said it. He did it for Paul, and he did it for Peter. Remember? Huh? Peter was not even expecting it. I know I got you, son. Peter was not expecting it. He was tied up. He was tied up. But there was people that were praying for him. Yes. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, angels appeared to him. Took the shackles away. And he bypassed the guards. He was astonished that the people that were praying for him did not even believe. Isn't that something? Because see, God works different than what we work like. His mind is different than ours. But he wants us to believe in him. And today... My brother's married, kids, amen, and a blessed man. How blessed are you, brother? He just showed me his new car. You seen his new car? No, let me tell you something. When I talked to you that time, but see, it's God. It is not the preacher. It's not the pastor. It's God. We've got to learn to trust in him. Thank you, my brother. We've got to learn to trust. Why do I, why, why do, I do this? Why, why, why did I do this? I'm going to tell you why I did this. Because we've got to believe that God is active in our times. But he's active in our times for us to understand that this is not for us only. But it's for us to share it with someone else. Because someone else needs to know. Brother Oscar's got to tell someone, I was but I'm not no more. I used to do, but I don't do that no more. Now I am considered a royal priesthood. Now I am the priest of my house. Now in my house, there's worship and there's praise unto the Lord of Lords. Now in my house, we worship God. We live for God. It's a totally different thing. Someone shout hallelujah. hallelujah. But there's got to be a team effort. So we do this. Sister Elizabeth, how many in your, in your uh, cell group? How many? Seven, eight? Amen. She says seven, eight. She don't know if it's seven or eight because it's still growing. All right. How many in your cell group, Brother Oscar? Ten. Ten. You're nine. Oh, she grew. Let me tell you something. Now, this is a team effort. Because in your cell group, something's supposed to be help, happening. But now, we're entering into a new phase that we want everyone that's already converted and has already received the revelation, understood, and has come into the household of God. Now, your job is to grow and to mature and to develop and to multiply. Amen. Amen. Everyone say multiply. I say, say multiply. Let me tell you something. When you grow, you expect to develop and to multiply. Amen. I got real sad because uh, my wife and I, we said, God bless you to my daughter. She got married. The first one out of the house and she got married. 
And I was kind of sad, you know, my daughter, my only girl, she left, I mean, she got married. God bless you, you know. And, and brother, brother Maldonado came from our church in Albuquerque. He said, Pastor, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Two have left. It won't be long. It's going to be three, four, five. And then you're going to say, stop it. Stop it. The point is this, the point is this. In the household of God, we ought to multiply. We have to multiply. You see what I'm saying? We've got to multiply. That's because we need people to develop and to give out the gospel of Jesus Christ so others can come into the household of God. So others can come in because it's a team effort. Listen, listen to what Paul is telling us when he's, he's uh, speaking in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. And th this is what, what he's saying. He's saying, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. God gives the increase. Now, let me tell you something. What do I have to do? Do I multiply? No, it's not me multiplying. It's not me, but it's God that's giving the increase. All I have to do is just sow the seed. Sow the seed. You just sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sister Callie and Brother Abraham recommended this gardener, and he came by. And I wanted some new grass in my, in my lawn. And he, he just sowed the seed. And he would throw the seed. And I said, man, that was all of a sudden, the ground was full of seed. I said, man. And he says, don't worry about it. I'm not going to do the job. I just sowed the seed. He said, you wait till it's watered. After it's watered, the process will begin. Same thing with the gospel. You're sowing. You're sowing. Others are going to water. We need the spirit, the spiritual parents, fathers, mothers. You become, oh, brother, brother, I'm not even married. What are you saying? Hey, we're talking to the spiritual ram. You become spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. And now God is going to give the increase. Before you know it, Sister Elizabeth, your cell group is going to multiply. Brother Oscar, your cell group is going to multiply. And then before you know it, Brother George will become a leader. And before you know it, Sister Soins will become a leader. And another brother will become a leader. And we'll become a leader. And before you know it, this church is going to be packed. Why? Because the work of preaching has gone forth. And let me ask you to stand to your feet at this time. We have to believe it. I said we have to believe it. I said, we have to believe it. Amen. Let me say it one more time. We have to believe it. Amen. You know what brings all this about? Is that we're not alone. Say, I'm not alone. alone. Say it one more time. I'm not alone. alone. Say it one more time. I'm not alone. alone. First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9 tells us the following. For we are God's what? We're not working alone. We're not working alone. I cannot change a person. All I do is just sow the seed. That's all I do. But I got a fellow worker. Yes, you are God's field. Yes, you are. You are God's building. So what does this mean? This means that I'm a co-laborer with God. Yes, I am out there. And before you know it, I'm going to see what he sees. And I'm going to tell you what he sees. He sees what we just talked about. We see a royal priesthood. We see, he sees a holy nation. He sees his own special people. And he sees them with a purpose to proclaim. We come to Jesus so that he can multiply us. Let me tell you something. This is the wrong mentality when we say, bless me, God. Bless me, God. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me. And then God says, I'll bless you so you can bless others. That's the only reason I bless you. To bless others. 
or else you're going to be stagnant. I am blessed to bless others. This is what he said. Give by grace what you have received by grace. In other words, it's not mine. What I have, what I have received, that's what I'm going to give. Amen. I want someone, a young man once told me, I want all this inside of me. I want this. That's called spiritual gluttony. If I get this, it's so I can share it, so I can give it. Because what I receive by grace, I'm going to give by grace. I'm here to tell you, we are called to be His workmanship. And He's not done with us yet. There is great things that are coming, church. There are great things that are coming, church. There are great things that are coming. I want to be part of it. I said I want to be part of it. I want to be part of it. Let us come to this altar right now. Let us come to this altar. Yes. Let us come to this altar. Today I preached, but I didn't preach alone. Brother George preached. Brother Oscar preached. Sister Elizabeth preached. Brother Ajiola preached. Because they told you. And if I was to have three hours, it wouldn't be enough for them to tell you their testimonies of what God has done in their lives. And all because God saw us as a chosen generation. Just because He saw us as a royal priesthood. Just because He saw us as His own special people. For one purpose, and that's to proclaim, to proclaim the praises. So let me tell you something. You have a task. We have a task. We have a ministry in our life. Yes, we do. And it's got to be fulfilled. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, don't give up. He has already seen you as a royal priesthood, as a chosen generation. He has already seen you that way. Don't give up. Just keep on keeping on. Keep on. Ask Him. Give me perseverance. I'm not going to give up. If this is your first time, second time here, say, God, let me fulfill your will. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up until it's done. Until it's done. Every eye closed. Heavenly Father, what you have started in our lives, the understanding that you have given us, to see what you see through your word, that we are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We are your own special people. And even though people have seen us different, and, he, and yet we have thought of ourselves different, Lord Jesus, let us see what you see in us, God, because there is someone that's waiting to receive what you have given us. There is someone that's waiting to receive the testimony that you have placed in our lives. Lord Jesus, let us be hungry for you, God. Let us do your perfect will, Jesus. And if there is someone here that needs you today, God, as they open up their hearts, God, for you to come in, I'm asking you right now to touch them, help them, and see them through. Lord Jesus, that they may call out for help. Because you are right there. You are right there ready to help them. And we are right there, Lord, ready to help them, Jesus. I pray that your perfect will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, let us lift up our voice and say to God, God. There's nothing too dirty. Nothing. 
can't make worthy nothing You've washed me in mercy Yes, you have I am clean <laughs> I am clean There's nothing too dirty Nothing That you can't make worthy Nothing Yes, Lord. I am clean. I am clean. Oh, washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Ah, that's what it is. Your blood flows red. That's what it is. Me white. Yes, God. My dirty rags are pure. Yes, I am clean. Yes.